Part One of The Staircase at the Heart's Delight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. The Staircase at the Heart's Delight by Anna Catherine Green. Part One As Told by Mr. Grice in the spring of eighteen forty the attention of the new york police was attracted by the many cases of well-known men found drowned in the various waters surrounding the lower portion of our great city among these may be mentioned the name of elwood henderson the noted tea merchant whose remains were washed ashore at red hook point and of christopher bigelow who was picked up off grosvenor's island after having been in the water for five days and of another well-known millionaire whose name i cannot now recall but who i remember was seen to walk towards the east river one march evening and was not met with again till the fifth of april when his body floated into one of the docks near peck slip as it seemed highly improbable that there should have been a concerted action among so many wealthy and distinguished men to end their lives within a few weeks of each other and all by the same method of drowning we soon became suspicious that a more serious verdict than that of suicide should have been rendered in the case of henderson bigelow and the other gentlemen i have mentioned yet one fact common to all these cases pointed so conclusively to deliberate intention on the part of the sufferers that we hesitated to take action this was that upon the body of each of the above-mentioned persons there were found not only valuables in the shape of money and jewellery but papers and memoranda of a nature calculated to fix the identity of the drowned man in case the water should rob him of his personal characteristics consequently we could not ascribe these deaths to a desire for plunder on the part of some unknown person i was a young man in those days and full of ambition so though i said nothing i did not let this matter drop when the others did but kept my mind persistently upon it and waited with odd results as you will hear for another victim to be reported at police headquarters meantime i sought to discover some bond or connection between the several men who had been found drowned which would serve to explain their similar fate but all my efforts in this direction were fruitless there was no bond between them and the matter remained for a while an unsolved mystery 
suddenly one morning a clue was placed not in my hands but in those of a superior official who at that time exerted a great influence over the whole force he was sitting in his private room when there was ushered into his presence a young man of a dissipated but not unprepossessing appearance who after a pause of marked embarrassment entered upon the following story i don't know whether or no i should offer an excuse for the communication i am about to make but the matter i have to relate is simply this being hard up last night for though a rich man's son i often lack money i went to a certain pawn-shop in the bowery where i had been told i could raise money on my prospects this place you may see it some time so i will not enlarge upon it did not strike me favourably but being very anxious for a certain definite sum of money i wrote my name in a book which was brought to me from some unknown quarter and proceeded to follow the young woman who attended me into what she was pleased to call her good master's private office he may have been a good master but he was anything but a good man in short sir when he found out who i was and how much i needed money he suggested that i should make an appointment with my father at a place he called judas in grand street where said he your little affair will be arranged and you made a rich man within thirty days that is he slyly added unless your father has already made a will disinheriting you i was shocked sir shocked beyond all my powers of concealment not so much at his words which i hardly understood as at his looks which had a world of evil suggestion in them so i raised my fist and would have knocked him down only that i found two young fellows at my elbow who held me quiet for five minutes while the old fellow talked to me he asked me if i came to him on a fool's errand or really to get the money and when i admitted that i had cherished hopes of obtaining a clear two thousand dollars from him he coolly replied that he knew of but one way in which i could hope to get such an amount and that if i was too squeamish to adopt it i had made a mistake in coming to his shop which was no missionary institution etc etc not wishing to irritate him for there was menace in his eye i asked with a certain weak show of being sorry for my former heat whereabouts in grand street i should find this judah the retort was quick judah is not his name said he and grand street is not where you are to go to find him i threw out a bait to see if you would snap at it but i find you timid and therefore advise you to drop the matter entirely i was quite willing to do so and answered him to this effect whereupon with a side glance i did not understand but which made me more or less uneasy in regard of his intentions toward me 
he motioned to the men who held my arms to let go their hold which they at once did we have your signature growled the old man as i went out if you peach on us or trouble us in any way we will show it to your father and that will put an end to all your hopes of future fortune then raising his voice he shouted to the girl in the outer office let the young man see what he has signed she smiled and again brought forward the book in which i had so recklessly placed my name and there at the top of the page i read these words for monies received i agree to notify levi solomon within the month of the death of my father that he may recover from me without loss of time the sum of ten thousand dollars from the amount i am bound to receive as my father's heir the sight of these lines knocked me hollow but i am less of a coward morally than physically and i determined to acquaint my father at once with what i had done and get his advice as to whether or not i should inform the police of my adventure he heard me with more consideration than i expected but insisted that i should immediately make known to you my experience in this bowery pawnbroker's shop the officer highly interested took down the young man's statement in writing and after getting a more accurate description of the jew's house allowed his visitor to go fortunately for me i was in the building at the time and was able to respond when a man was called up to investigate this matter thinking that i saw a connection between it and the various mysterious deaths of which i have previously spoken i entered into the affair with much spirit but wishing to be sure that my possibly unwarranted conclusions were correct i took pains to inquire before proceeding upon my errand into the character of the heirs who had inherited the property of elwood henderson and christopher bigelow and found that in each case there was one among the rest who was well known for his profligacy and reckless expenditure it was a significant discovery and increased if possible my interest in running down this nefarious trafficker in the lives of wealthy men knowing that i could hope for no success in my character of detective i made an arrangement with the father of the young gentleman before alluded to by which i was to enter the pawn-shop as an emissary of the latter i accordingly appeared there one dull november afternoon in the garb of a certain western sporting man who for consideration allowed me the temporary use of his name and credentials entering beneath the three golden balls with the swagger and general air of ownership i thought most likely to impose upon the self-satisfied female who presided over the desk 
i asked to see her boss on your own business she queried glancing with suspicion at my short coat which was rather more showy than elegant no i returned not on my own business but on that of a young gent any one whose name is written here she interposed reaching towards me the famous book over the top of which however she was careful to lay her arm i glanced down the page she had opened and instantly detected that of the young gentleman on whose behalf i was supposed to be there and nodded yes with all the assurance of which i was capable very well then she said come and she ushered me without much ado into a den of discomfort where sat a man with a great beard and such heavy overhanging eyebrows that i could hardly detect the twinkle of his eyes keen and incisive as they were smiling upon him but not in the same way i had upon the girl i glanced behind me at the open door and above me at the partitions which failed to reach the ceiling then i shook my head and drew a step nearer i have come i insinuatingly whispered on behalf of a certain party who left this place in a huff a day or so ago but who since then has had time to think the matter over and has sent me with an apology which he hopes here i put on a diabolical smile copied i declare to you from the one i saw at that moment on his own lips you will accept the old wretch regarded me for full two minutes in a way to unmask me had i possessed less confidence in my disguise and in my ability to support it and what is this young gentleman's name he finally asked for reply i handed him a slip of paper he took it and read the few lines written on it after which he began to rub his palms together with a snaky unction eminently in keeping with the stray glints of light that now and then found their way through his bushy eyebrows and so the young gentleman had not the courage to come again himself he softly suggested with just the suspicion of an ironical laugh thought perhaps i would exact too much commission or make him pay too roundly for his impertinent assurance i shrugged my shoulders but vouchsafed no immediate reply and he saw that he had to open the business himself he did it warily and with many an incisive question which would have tripped me up if i had not been very much on my guard but it all ended as such matters usually do in mutual understanding 
and a promise that if the young gentleman was willing to sign a certain paper which by the way was not shown me he would in exchange give him an address which if made proper use of would lead to my patron finding himself an independent man within a very few days End of part one.